Welcome into the 19th episode of the Promo Guy Podcast, brought to you by Mojo, the stock market for sports, and Sleeper, the best fantasy football site and our new partner for daily fantasy games. Use code TPG when signing up to get a free $100 deposit match. But now let's get into the show. By the way, I have declared us the best sports gambling podcast in the world. We are, without a doubt, the world champion of podcasts, the undisputed number one show on the planet. Nick? How you doing? How does it feel to be on the greatest show on the planet? Well, I mean, obviously an honor, uh, but but I feel like I feel like I know where this is coming from. Uh, I know you were pretty worked up about the the runner this week saying that NBA champions can't be the champions of the world. I didn't even really read the story. I was not as worked up as you. I think this might even be a grinds my gears off the top of the show. If you're if you want to get it going right away, what's got you so worked up? Screw it, let's do it. All right, Hank, make sure you have the Peter Griffin thing that grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Noah Lyles, track and field champion, he's doing phenomenal as a as a as a runner, and and uh, and he is a world champion. Said that it is ridiculous that. The NBA calls themselves, the champion in the NBA calls themselves the world champion. And that is because unlike in what he's doing in the international racing, whether it's the Olympics or, you know, whatever kind of World Cup equivalent they have, uh, the world championship, I think they call them, there aren't teams with flags and it's not every country getting to, to put in their best and, and compete. And he went on this whole rant. NBA players got mad. Some people agree. Some people disagree. And sure, technically, he, I mean, technically, he's not even correct, but I think most people say technically he's correct that it's not a world championship because the Denver Nuggets aren't playing against, you know, FC Barcelona or whatever, you know, whatever champion of, of all the different leagues are. However, there's only, <laughs> we're not saying that the USA is the world champions. We're saying the Denver Nuggets are the world champions. We are saying that they are the best organized basketball team in the world. And that is completely fair. That's completely accurate because the best players from around the world are all playing in this competition in the NBA, right? If there were guys, if there were some of the best players in the world potentially playing in Slovenia or playing in the Israeli Basketball League or playing in the ACB or the French League, although, you know, might be, um, then sure, we could have this conversation. But the best players from all of these leagues would play in the NBA if they could. And we've seen that countless times. And look, most of the best players in the NBA right now are international. This isn't a USA thing. This is a, the NBA is the undisputed best league in the world. We do not need a five-game series between the Denver Nuggets and the champions of you know Turkey and France and Spain and China to know that the Denver Nuggets would beat them. Of course that they would beat them. <laughs> they have the better players. They, they have the higher paid guys. This isn't like, and the same goes for the NFL. There aren't even NFL teams across the world. Technically, I guess there are in a few countries. But there is no question that this is a competition of the best in the world. So you are the world champion. This isn't difficult. And it really grinded my gears to hear like this sort of grandstanding, like, this is a world championship, but yours is not. And it's ridiculous when the, the fact of the matter is you are a world champion because you are competing against the best in the world. 
and the NBA champs are the world champions because they are competing against the best. Well, we don't know that for guys. sure. They don't. They don't play the Zhiwang Tigers, and they don't play the Dragons, and it's tough to know for sure that they are the best team in the world. You're kidding, right? Well, this is this is like, <laughs> I mean, this is like saying that Noah Lyles doesn't compete against like every single racer in the world. He competes against guys who beat out other guys, right? Oh, that's honestly, that's honestly a very good point. I don't know for sure that Noah Lyles is faster than me. <laughs> right, exactly. That is the same argument, right? We can assume because you are not I as think fast that's a bit of an assumption. That's than. a bit of a stretch. I would not make that assumption. Okay, well, maybe it's just because you haven't done a, a, a race. But it's the same thing with basketball players. When Luka Doncic was winning MVP um, when he was like 19 years old, <laughs> and now, now he comes to the NBA and he's great, but... You know, he's better and in his prime and he's probably not the best player in the league. Like, that is how we know. We know because we take your best and then they don't become our best, right? Victor Romagnamo was just the French league MVP. He will not win MVP this year. His team probably won't even make the playoffs. And I'm as high on him as anyone, right? Like, this, you know, he, he was the MVP of the league and he was in the championship game at 19 years old. So, yes, uh, I think that all most of the conversation around this has been way too nice to know Lyle. Like, Oh, well, he brings up a good point, you know, something about the flags. Like, yeah, this does not mean the USA is the best basketball country in the world. We probably are, obviously. But all we are saying is the NBA champs, which, by the way, literally their best player and probably the best player in the world, Nikola Jokic, isn't American. This isn't an America thing. And he's saying, oh, sometimes I love the USA, but you're just the champion of the United States. Nikola Jokic isn't the championship of the United States. He's the he and his team are the champions of the world. I'm really glad Ooh, that you got okay. this off your chest at the top of the yeah, show. Yeah, let's get into the episode. I think I think that will help us have a a better show now that you've gotten that off your chest. Let's go right from that. Give me the state of the stack. State of the stack is is pretty overwhelmingly positive this week. Uh, I would say just from a performance standpoint, it was sort of whatever for a little bit, and then. It jumped up with the two Caesars home run plays hitting. Uh, that was a big sort of, I've talked about it in the past where like in the dead season, you have higher max plays. They tend to overwhelm. But when you hit two, you know, and you have a bunch of five and $10 all month, and then you hit two $25 for like uh, plus 400 and plus 550, maybe it was. Um, that tends to have sort of an outsized effect. So that was really awesome. And then yesterday we hit the MLB no sweat for plus 590. So those two definitely carry us um, for the week and they kind of result in really great weeks, makes the month uh, a strong month when you consider that. And, and I have to tally up the numbers, but it's going to be, you know, pretty good considering it's the dead season and the lower maxes. So really all good there. Uh, Discord had a really good week too. We hit some barstool plays early in the week, and then uh, MGM just been on fire. I think we hit three or four this week of those 15%, 10% thing. So uh, overall, and there, there were a few other positives that came out of the Discord this past week. Price Picks guy's doing insanely good work, um, and he's been on fire all month. I think he's up like 14 units on the month, which is pretty crazy on a zero to one unit scale. So really everything positive coming out of there, coming out of Twitter, just very happy. And then the gambling landscape update, 
Uh, I'm just happy to see. I mean, we are bombarded with promos again. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's been a while since I've been quite as busy as I was last Saturday. And it's been sort of a busy week and looks to be a busy weekend. I mean, just this weekend coming up, we've got Florida, Utah, 30% boost. The FanDuel, no sweat, college football play. College, you know, DraftKings, no sweat, college football. We have the two tennis plays that are no sweat. We have the MLB, no sweat. It's all coming back and it's all, DraftKings has now moved away from $5 maxes. Now there are $10 maxes. They're putting out super boosts, um, steppy parlays. I mean, they are overloading us with promos. Caesars, I just saw they're doing daily 33% boosts. So really like promos are back. Higher maxes are back. Uh, I'm really excited to get into football season, sort of obviously our biggest time of the year. And uh, for me, it's not an I told you so, but can we please remember this next year when the summer gets quiet and we think that EV betting is dead and everything's the worst and all that. Let's let's just, you know, let's make a little bit of money over the summer. We do our dinger Tuesday. We'll make, you know, our our, our money here and there, build our bankroll, maybe a little slower. and then. Football season, we come in hot all the way basically through the end of basketball season. So I'm very excited and I'm very happy with that development because even though you think you know, it's always nice to 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 see. And obviously, having a big couple of weeks heading into this really helps with just sort of you know momentum's not really a thing in betting, but it allows you to sort of come in from a healthy perspective when, when you been up a bit recently and it helps you sort of you know go in a little less fearful that when you have all these bets strung together that they may not go well because you have a little bit more cushion that doesn't mean it affects the plays i put out but i think just from the mental perspective of the community it's it's a nice thing when you come into it on a a high rather than on a yeah fully agreed uh shall we move to the gambling landscape update i know we've got a good one today you just dropped your ev rankings article Oh, yeah. Uh, so EV rankings article just came out. It's on Dimers. Yeah, if you missed it, um, my website also links to to the Dimers articles and basically anything else you, you would need. Uh, past articles, P&L tracking for the Twitter account, Discord info, place to sign up for sports books, you know, all that, all that. So you can find it either on my Dimers page or just go to the website and check it from there. Um, so let's let me open it up actually see with see what I went with. Um, I know I, I had MGM first, so I'll, I'll get into that while I'm pulling it up. But uh, why did I go MGM first? Well, MGM hasn't been really close to first in any of I, I you know I've done this before. They haven't been close to first ever, but I felt like during the summertime they didn't actually get quieter; they got louder, right? Uh, obviously, sometimes you fly out when you play that mini game, but. Oftentimes you get free bets. Oftentimes you get 15 or 10% boost uh, that we've obviously done very well on. Um, sometimes you get like betting gets and really just overloading people with, with promos. Uh, I feel like MGM has not just from the, the flyout game, but they also have their OGP insurance. Every Friday, the no run first inning insurance, whatever bet is, is a really high EV1. And they had the no sweat EPL recently. So I felt really good about what MGM's been doing. Obviously, they have the Lions boost as well, as well, which helped them on the boost side. I thought MGM was actually the clear number one. A few people said that, you know, they limit too much to put them number one. 
And that has often been a detriment for MGM. But if you, if you think about it, most people that are limited are limited to $11 and change on bets. That's twice the max that DK's been giving out. <laughs> That's higher than most of the max that the FanDuel's been giving out. So it's hard for me to slight them too much. And again, this, these are summer ranks. This isn't, this is pre-football. This isn't a projection of it. This isn't anything that had to do with last year. This is just the last few months. And I feel like MGM. So I've always thought that these EV more. rankings were more of a snapshot of everything that has happened in the past and almost a prediction of the future. This is, it, it's not forward looking at all. This is just how over the last few months, how much value they've provided for players over the last few months. Yeah. So yeah, I, I want to, I don't know what the right word is, reward books for doing well and keep them incentivized to continue to give us plus EV plays via boosts and promos. So, you know, when you start getting the best book, it's kind of hard to, to, for things won't change too much. But I think MGM's work over the summer, for example, deserves to be rewarded. And frankly, FanDuel DraftKings deserves to take a bit of a step back because of the way they've lowered maxes, FanDuel boosts have gone away, that kind of a thing. So, Shout out to MGM. Also, their sign-up promo went up to $1,500 no sweat. So that's pretty great. Um, you can find the, the link again on my website or whatever. Um, okay, number two for promotions. I did Caesars. It got really difficult between two, three, and four. Um, I basically went with Caesars as the number two spot because they have $50 maxes or $25 maxes for these promos. But it was 50% parlay boost, 50% WNBA boost, 33% parlay boost, 25% home run boost, uh, and more. They, you know, they they would come relatively frequently with high EV $50 maxes. That's that's for promotions. I thought they were the, the somewhat clear number two, number three. FanDuel Dinger Tuesday. Uh, yes, the WNBA boost went well. I don't I don't view performance as a big deal here. We happen to do well in the WNBA stuff. Um, but it was hard for me to ignore, you know, I don't know if I, there's an argument that MGM was definitely making more money, but between Caesars and FanDuel, like Dinger Tuesday, we were making over $50 a week, even if you are limited. Was Caesars doing that from an EV perspective? Eh, probably not, but maybe we were outperforming with Dinger Tuesday. It's kind of a tough call. Uh, I, I said it was clear, but. You know, now even I'm thinking about it, you know, I keep going back and forth on this stuff. I, but yeah, so so that was FanDuel three spot, DraftKings at four. Five dollar maxes made it tough. They weren't a few they weren't a big part below, but like was DraftKings making if you know, fifty dollars over fifty dollars a week to, to upend FanDuel? Probably not. And then on one Caesar's fifty percent boost, the the E V of that you know, with a $50 max could be, you know, $17, something like that, right? So it's just hard for $5 maxes to keep up with that, especially when they're not no sweats. But I do think that DraftKings probably moves up to number two if you're a lower unit better, just because you're not going to be maxing those Caesars boost $50 anyway. So that's sort of the caveat there. Uh, okay, then I'll go quickly, bet 365, Barstool were five and six. Barstool's honestly been coming on pretty strong but I, I didn't think they'd done enough to push them above. Um, for, and then for boost, I'll go quickly, bet 365, MGM, FanDuel. The thing with FanDuel is they're going to go up to, they better go up to number one. Uh, this is the first time they've ever been close to not, num not number one with their boost. 
they obviously went quiet with it. That was the one real disappointing part for me this summer was FanDuel slowing down their boosts. So I'm curious how, how heavy they come back for football. We'll see. Uh, and then drafting. So overall, I did MGM, then FanDuel. Like I said, they weren't too far behind Caesars in the promotion spot. They still were doing some pretty good boosts. Uh, it just was more like two a week as opposed to one or two a day. But Caesars has nothing in the boost category, so FanDuel went above them. DraftKings as well. Uh, I moved slightly above Caesars. That was kind of a toss-up for me. But there was the lower unit better thing. And then, you know, they do have some of these these super boosts that, that they come out with. Um, there's the Aaron Judge one. There's the Gappa one yesterday. So stuff like that um, has helped. Uh, and I, I put the yes run first inning, no run first inning stuff in the boost category since, like, it's not really like a promo. It's like it's not really like a pick your own play. It's like it has to be one or two. So I put that as um, okay. And that's basically the EV rankings. I love it. Uh, I actually had one thing I wanted to throw into the gambling landscape update too. And honestly, Hank, get get the social camera ready because I think this is going to be one we're going to want to put out just so everyone can get this. I, I want this take distilled down into exactly what it is. I didn't really truly realize how helpful the Vegas-based rankings have been. I've been, my draft is this upcoming Monday, and it's been the number one tool I have up alongside the ADP on whatever site I'm drafting on. I've typically been doing sleeper. It's just the easiest, most up-to-date. The day Jonathan Taylor gets uh, news that he's going to be out for the first four days, his ADP, he starts dropping in mock drafts on sleeper right away. That's not happening with the AI bots on ESPN or anywhere else you're drafting. So I want you to tell me exactly how you came up with the Vegas-based rankings, how you use them, and just explain to me what they are. Just one more time in case people don't know. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go quickly here just not to be too repetitive. But the Vegas-based rankings are taking player prop over-unders. So for season long, for the season-long rankings – that would be season long for weekly rankings. It would obviously be week by week and turns those into projected points. So if a player is projected 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, you know, it's, it's four points for a touchdown and it's one point for every 25 yards. We spit out uh, projected points, call it 200. And then you rank that 200 against people, in this case, it would be quarterbacks, quarterbacks at their position. And, you know, that's basically just if you're projected more points then you should be drafted higher. And that's especially true at the top of drafts. So the reason why we think this is better is because it's sports books basically have to be right. If they're wrong, then you should bet against, as opposed to Matthew Barry can be, you know, quote unquote wrong. It's just one guy's opinion as a, but it's not actionable where sports book player over-unders are actionable. They should be close to efficient or else, you know, they'll get fixed. Basically, the inefficiencies will be found and you can bet against them. So that's why uh, I believe these rankings are more accurate than what any individual person. Yeah, fully agreed. And honestly, if there's anything in those rankings you don't agree with, you think someone seems like they're too high, you could just go bet the opposite way. And you could just go take someone's under if you think that Joe Mixon is too high in these rankings. The reason he's high in these rankings is because we're just looking at his how many receptions, yards, touchdowns he's projected on his Vegas over-under. So if you think someone's too high, exactly. you could go take advantage of it. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, so... It's, it's, it's helpful for you one way or another. Agreed. All right, that was honestly, that was nice, concise. Let's keep it moving. Uh, let's go with uh, TPGs, 14 perfect weekends. 
We're going to use this place as a space where you can preview what your perfect college weekend looks like. And we're going to just put it out for people so that uh, oftentimes I'm like, I know the USC game is on, but where do I find it? We're going to put this. I want a full schedule of what the day looks like. And you can include some games. I know we'll have some Sunday games, some Monday games. But what does your full weekend schedule look like? And we'll include where where the games can be found, what channel they'll be on, how to stream them, etc. Yeah, cool. Uh, obviously, I like talking college football here. It's my podcast, so I get to do whatever I want. Uh, I was telling Nick and Hank that I was really excited for this weekend. They kind of said, well, why don't you just tell everybody what you're all excited about and you know what to look forward to these games, like you said. You don't always know, uh, you know, sort of the storylines with, with a lot of these games. Okay, so uh, twelve o'clock, Colorado TCU and Virginia Tennessee are the two sort of twelve o'clock games on Saturday. Obviously t- tonight, but you'll the game will have already happened by the time this comes out. Is is the big uh, Florida Utah game? But anyway, so twelve o'clock, Colorado TCU. Deion Sanders joins Colorado. They won one game last year. They've been the worst program in the power five pretty comfortably and Dion comes in they only have three returning starters he has a completely new team he brought over a lot of guys including the quarterback his kid Jadur Sanders um they brought over Travis Hunter who's the number one overall player in the recruiting class last year he stole that one from FSU then he stole from Miami Florida whatever there were there were you know, some of the bigger names, uh, schools, Cormani McLean, who was top 10 player this past year. So he's got a few big names, but, you know, obviously they're over under wins this year is only three and a half and they're 20 and a half point underdogs for a reason, because they only have, you know, they were such a bad team and it's hard to just sort of bring in a, a Jackson state team and, and a few transfers and expect to have success overnight, but this will be game one for them against the defending national champion runner-ups TCU, who I think this is, a make or break season for them as a program. I think this is a huge opportunity for them to sort of become a big boy. Um, I, I faded them a lot towards the end last year, largely because they are at a talent disadvantage, but they bring back Max Duggan. Uh, it's it's year two for um, uh, the SMU coach, I'm blanking out his name, and that's gonna bother me. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's year two for them in that program. And this will be a big opportunity for them. They, they acquired a lot of talent through recruiting and through the portal. So they they actually moved from 32nd to 19th on the overall college football uh, team talent ranks. So that'll be a really fun game to watch. I'll go quicker, quicker with UVA and Tennessee. Tennessee and somewhat a similar spot as TCU. They've obviously been a big boy in the past, unlike TCU, but they've struggled for a bunch of years now. Last year was sort of their first really good year in, in a while. Um, they lose Hennon Hooker. They lose Jalen Hyatt. Will talented uh, quarterback Joe Mil- Joe Milton comes into the mix. Will you know they pick up where he left off? Will Tennessee get to stack a couple good years together, and that'll really help recruiting and sort of sending them into the future? Or were Hooker and Hyatt just sort of like a one year wonder? So we'll find out about Tennessee this year. They play UVA, which similar to Colorado is one of the worst teams in the Power Five. I actually think they probably are the worst team in the Power Five this year. I think they're over under wins like three. Uh, so th- these both should be blowouts, big spread games, but big tests for, I mean, not big tests, but kind of the first looks we get at Tennessee and TCU against non-FCS competition. Okay, 3.30, Ohio State, Indiana. Ohio State, one of the big boys, ha- has been for a long time. Uh, they lost C.J. Stroud, but, you know, uh, 
a lot to look forward to for Ohio State. They're one of the big contenders. They play Indiana, who, again, is not an FCS team or anything like that. They are Power 5, but this is a 30-point spread. They're one of the worst teams in the Power 5. Boise plays against Washington. Washington in a similar spot where, as maybe some of the other teams we mentioned, although they they are the one team in the Pac-12 that's been in the playoffs in the last however many years. They had a a nice bounce-back year last year. Michael Penix is now a top five Heisman candidate heading into the year. Only a 14-point spread. Boise's always tough. This will be a really fun game. Probably uh, higher scoring. Okay, the night games. This is where it starts to get really good. West Virginia, Penn State. Penn State, I I have a play to go to the playoffs. Plus 460 on FanDuel. I don't know if it's still there. But I'm really excited about this Penn State team. I've talked about it a bit. I don't want to get too much into it. West Virginia, again, probably one of those lower-tier uh, power five teams, it's a 20 point spread, but they're, they're better than the Colorado's and UVA's of the world, Indiana. So, uh, that'll be fun. Our first look at Penn State. They lose Sean Clifford, but they have highly touted, they have a highly touted guy coming in to replace him. Uh, they, they lose Joey Porter, but it's year two in a Manny Diaz defense that is expected to be one of the best in the country. So, uh, I think people are sky high, especially myself on Penn State this year. Then UNC South Carolina, I think it's the best game of the day. Two teams that are, not quite ranked, but have the potential to be ranked and, and really good teams. Two really good quarterbacks. Uh, Spencer Rattler came on for South Carolina really strong at the end of last year. And South Carolina did really well at the end of last year. They beat a couple of uh, ranked teams to end the season. Spencer Rattler returns. He was, if people don't know, he was a really highly touted guy. Went to Oklahoma. Caleb Williams sort of chased him away, uh, You know, took his starting job, and then transferred out to South Carolina. Uh, I think South Carolina can be very good. They play UNC, who has Drake May, who's a top three Heisman candidate, just a stud last year. Uh, he'll be a first-round pick at some point if he continues to play uh, the way he has. That's a big game. It's a rivalry game, ACC-SEC. I think that'll be a really – it's probably the best game of the day. Sunday night, LSU-Florida State. This is the best game of the weekend. Two top ten teams, two big programs. Uh, year two for Brian Kelly, Mike Norvell. For FSU is now in, uh, I think, his fourth year, but you know he had sort of a, a huge leap forward after they struggled to make bowl games for the better half for most of the last five years. Uh, they go nine and three. They were really good last year. They won this game on a blocked extra point last year, uh, and whoever wins this will be in a really good spot to make the playoff, and you know will be looked at a top five team. The other one will have some work. To do, but I think this game will be awesome. It's a two and a half point spread. LSU's favorite neutral site, although not really a neutral site. The way they, I mean, like the way they do these neutral sites, kind of weird. They're, they're playing in like Jacksonville and in New Orleans, like two like it might. I don't know why they don't do home and home, but whatever. It'll be a really exciting game uh, that I'm looking forward to. Then the Monday night games, Clemson to Duke. Duke had the big year push forward last year. This is a twelve and a half point spread. Clemson has a new offensive coordinator. Uh, a new quarterback, so we'll see how everybody looks there. And that is an incredible week one. That I'm yeah, that's a full week one of college football. I'm excited. Uh, do you have a favorite play that you want to preview for anyone, gambling-wise, before we go to break? Um, I didn't. Uh, I think I kind of like TCU, even minus 20 and a half, just sort of under 21. That's not an official pick or anything, but it's something I might just do, especially if I'm watching the game to have fun. I, I, you know, I was so low on TCU at the end of last year, but I think that week one for Colorado, it's going to be tough to get their stuff together. I think TCU, the last we saw them was getting 
blasted by Georgia. I actually think that, I don't know if they'll be better, TCU will be better this year. They won a lot of close game stuff, but I think that they have a, a real chance to to have a, you know, to be, to be a very good football team. And I think they'll be on a mission to show it. So I, I can see them running it up on Colorado a bit, especially with so many eyeballs on that game. That level of conviction is exactly what I'm looking for. TCU will probably be my favorite play this weekend. I also, I've told you, I love the super teaser. So I'm happy to take them down to about a touchdown favorite. I don't, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I, I know you don't. Uh, let's take it to break and we'll be right back. Okay, I've got a new promo code for Mojo, the stock market for sports. The code is TPG Match. So TPG M A T C H gets you a twenty percent deposit match up to two hundred dollars. Uh, I highly recommend doing this and playing their Sunday Slams promotion, which is only available in New Jersey and has been incredibly profitable for people tailing ROI guy in the Discord. So again, TPG match, 20% deposit match up to $200. Hey, welcome back in. We are doing NFL playoff predictions here. So each of us are going to go through. We'll do the AFC first, NFC second. And we'll outline which four division winners we have and which three teams we think will be winning the wild card. So I guess we can go division by division if you want to do it that way, or should we just each list our seven? Uh, let's go division by division. All right, let's start AFC East. Who you got? Uh, I'll go with the Bills. That It's obviously going to be the toughest one to, I don't know, obviously, but I think for me that's the toughest one to predict. Uh, I, think all, I think it'll probably be the best division in football. All four teams are very good, but nobody's really shown me that they could, you know, I think the Bills are still like going to be a 12 and 5 type team. It's hard for me to project any of the other teams to be better than that. So, such a boring take. Have- I, 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 can't, I don't see the Bills taking this one again. I like the Dolphins to do it, and it's a really fun bet. I think they're, I'm seeing them at plus 300 uh, right now on MGM. So, yeah, I like the Dolphins, and that's not even from a gambling perspective. I'm not taking them because they're an underdog. I just think they have so much talent, so many weapons, and as long as we get a healthy Tua, I don't really see any team in that division being better than them. Okay, I like it. Uh, let's go uh, AFC North. AFC North, I'm going to go with Baltimore. I think that they were, they really have been the, the better team relative to Cincinnati in the regular season when Lamar's healthy. I don't see why that would change this year. Uh, we'll see how the new system treats him, but I, I think that He's been in a similarish system in college and at Louisville, and that you know he's going to be primed up, ready to go. He, he hasn't played enough the last few years. Uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore. I too am going to go Baltimore, both from a gambling perspective and from an actual NFL games perspective. I love the value you're getting from them at around plus two forty, and I think Cincinnati is going to take a step back this year. I just think that everything's really gone their way. Their defense isn't elite, but always wins the turnover margin. And that has to come back a little. That usually uh, reverts back to the mean a little bit. So I think Cincinnati drops off a little bit. Deshaun Watson, I don't believe in. I really believe in Lamar and what they've done there and surrounding him with some receivers. I think the Ravens are going to be a dominant team this year. Yeah, I, I think that's that's similar to where I'm at. Uh, let's go to the AFC South. Jacksonville, I think that's an easy one. Looking at 
these teams if you need to get. Yeah, I, I don't think we need to really talk that one through too much. I'm Jacksonville also. AFC West, Chiefs, easy. Again, don't need to talk that one through either. NFC East, who, who do you have? Um, do you want to jump over to the NFC or do you want to go through those four divisions and find our three wild cards? Oh, that's fine. All right, let's do the wild cards then. Who are your three wild cards? This is impossible. <laughs> uh, I'll go Miami. I will go Pittsburgh. And Cincinnati, but you think uh, who will do it? I will leave the Bengals out. I really do think they'll take a step back. I think the Steelers will be tempted to leave the Bengals out. Yeah, I will go. No, I'm switching it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Put the Jets in. Take the Bengals out. Okay. I will go with the Steelers making it, with the Chargers making it, and I think I will take the Jets as well. I'll have the Bills miss the playoffs. No Bills and no Bengals. Wow. No Bills and no Bengals. Okay. And I switched mine to Dolphins, Jets, and Steelers. So we both have no Bengals. Um, Okay. Should we get to the NFC? Let's go NFC. We'll start in the East. The East, I will say that I'm going to go with the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles. I was tempted to put Dallas. Their roster just feels really loaded to me. But I'm going to go with the Eagles. They're a really good team to end the year. Their schedule is just so tough. But I'm going to go with the Eagles, even though even though that, ske- that schedule is crazy. I just D- – Dax interceptions, watching all those videos, it, 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 it freaks me out. To, to pick them. Yeah, I too am going to go with the Eagles. I don't believe in this Cowboys team the way everyone else does. I think we're looking at a playoff team probably, but I think this, you know what? It's not as much that I don't believe in the Cowboys. It's that I think this Eagles team just added a few more pieces on defense, a little bit more continuity on offense, and I don't see anyone slowing down Jalen Hurts. I like the Eagles out of the East. Who you got in the North? This is a tough one. This one is definitely a tough one. I mean, I'm going to go Minnesota. I know nobody's really going with them. But uh, I do think that that offense is really good. And if they get any sort of improvement on defense, I think that, I don't know, I trust them to go to go get, I mean, trust is a strong word. I think they have the best shot at going 9-10 wins. Detroit, we just haven't really seen it. I think it's easier for a Dan Campbell team to be like the plucky underdog rather than the favorite. Green Bay, Jordan Love looks like he's really good, but is he going to be better than Aaron Rodgers? Like That whole building might benefit from sort of the moving past the whole Aaron Rodgers thing as much as I'm a fan of his. Uh, But I just, I feel like Minnesota will just, you know, do their thing and they still have Justin Jefferson, they still have Kirk Cousins. Uh, I think that that offense will, will score points. And if they can get any sort of improvement on defense, yes, they won a bunch of close games. Yes, they weren't that good last year, but I still think they can get 10 wins this year, even if it's not, you know, whatever, the 12, 13 they won last year. So uh, I think the 10 wins might do it in this division. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. Yeah, I also go with the Vikings, um, which I really thought was going to be a unique pick to me. But I... Right. I love the Vikings this year. I'm with you. I think their offense is going to be electric. You have Hawkinson 
continuing. I think in his eight games that he played with them last year, he was absolutely dominant. I think he's just going to continue to play well and fit into the offense. You add Jordan Addison. I think this has potential to be one of the most explosive offenses in the league. So I get that there's like they won all these one score games last year, but lose a couple of those. They were 13 and four. I'm okay if they can still get 11 wins. I think that probably wins the division. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going Vikings as well. Um, let's go to the shit show of the NFC South. Yeah, I'll go with the Saints. I think that's sort of the easy-ish pick there. Uh, Tampa wasn't good at all last year. Uh, and now they're starting Baker Mayfield. Uh, who part of me still likes, but <laughs> it's just, and, and I don't think it'll be a huge drop off at quarterback. I mentioned I'm not a huge Brady fan, but also like he was not good last year. I think it was the first time really in his career that he actually dropped off. Um, but that team wasn't very good, and now it doesn't feel like they are. It felt like while Brady was there, they were doing everything they can to be win now. They were aggressively getting players. They um, sort of just built themselves to to win now, and I feel like they're going to pay for that a little bit on the back end here. And they were just so bad anyway last year, in my opinion. That you know the Saints are maybe foolishly kind of more going the all-in department. So I think that um, the Saints are kind of the easy pick there. I'm with you. They have the easiest schedule in the league. I'm also with you that I kind of find myself liking Baker and the Bucks. Um, I probably am higher on them than most, but I don't think they do enough to win the division. I don't like the Falcons or Panthers at all. Um, yeah. And yeah, the, the Saints, it, you go look at their schedule and you look at the starting QBs they're playing. I think they play like a single Pro Bowl quarterback their entire uh, their entire 17-game schedule. And it's not like Pro Bowl quarterbacks are really... Like Mac Jones has a yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Um, so they've got a very easy schedule. Um, all right, let's round it out with the NFC West. I think this one's probably pretty easy. Niners are the 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 easy pick there. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Not much to say there. Um, who are your three wild cards? This is hard for the opposite reasons. The AFC was hard. Uh, Dallas is the easy one, and then like. You know, the second team in the NFC South is like the Bucks. The second team in the NFC West is Seattle, right? Um, it's almost Seattle by default, I think. I mean, second team in the NFC North is, I mean, maybe it's the Lions, but we just had Minnesota go, you know, above them, which means that like, how many wins are they realistically even going to get? Um, you know, I would say the Giants, but. They have to play Dallas and Philly four times. So I think you're at sort of the biggest advantage. I guess if you're Seattle, you get to play the Rams in Arizona four times. And I do sort of think that, you know, Pete Carroll's a very good coach. And Geno Smith's obviously Geno Smith. But you see what Russell Wilson looks like now. I think that that says a lot about Pete Carroll and what they can do for quarterbacks. DK Metcalf's still there. So I'll go with Seattle. Dallas, and I guess Detroit, but man, I don't think Dallas is probably the only one that would be really competing for a, a wild card spot in the AFC. Yeah, definitely the weaker conference. 
I have pretty similar picks to you. I think Detroit is also going to be a very good team. I just think Minnesota is going to finish a, like a game ahead of them. Um, I think they'll be battling for that division up until the end. I think Dallas will be my other take. Uh, a few games behind Philadelphia. And I'll go back to NFC North uh, with the Bears. I really, really think Justin Fields takes a big step forward. Their defense is pretty solid. Um, I like the Bears sneaking in at the end of the playoffs there. Um, so those are seven te- teams, each division. We will post that on socials so everyone can see what... I doubt we post mine, but everyone can see TPG's seven teams per division. Um, and yeah, I, I think excited to see which one of us is right. And... Excited for us to get to NFL football. It's been it's been a long time. I think we're ten days away now. Uh, well, we're seven days away from uh from the uh, Chiefs line. Yeah, I only guessed we were ten days away because yesterday I saw Julian Edelman's post where he did his jersey number and then said days away. So I think he's probably he said eleven days away from the first Sunday. But yeah, we are seven days away from our first our first game of the season, Chiefs Lions and. I've got my fantasy draft this upcoming Monday. I will be using the Vegas-based rankings to help me get my edge. I made sure none of my friends listen to this episode. So, yeah, excited excited for everything coming up. All right, sounds good. Uh, all right, sounds good. Well, yeah, that's it for our show today. Stay tuned to all my stuff on all places. Again, maybe just go to promoguy.com and there's sort of a sort of like a hub aggregator there. But uh, we're looking forward to the Promo Guy podcast returning next week. Happy football, everyone. Happy football. Have a good week.